Welcome to this edition of Sean and D's Good Tape. Sean Newell, Dennis Brzezinski with you. How you doing, D? Hello, Bungo. I'm doing good. How are you? Good. We've got a special intro that I got to play before we get to uh, introducing Richie. Um, uh, Homer decided to uh, give us a new intro for the podcast, so check this out. And now, since you have an hour or so of your life you don't want back, I give you the three peckerheads singing, Mama, don't let your babies grow up to do podcasts. With Sean and D and that other ass. <laughs> that other ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, Good morning, well, Richie. How you doing? <laughs> Not too bad, uh, gentlemen. It's great to be here. The other ass can't wait to put uh, the asshole with the mic uh, in a really shitty nursing home. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well, this also brings up the mm. fact that now we're contractually obligated to mention Homer in every episode. Yeah. You know, you know, um, not to, not to belabor the Homer point too much, but uh, I don't want to give him a big head or anything like that. But, uh, you know, I, I started to uh, call him William more because of his pompousness about the uh, bucks. And then he and I started having some good texting conversations and, and I decided, okay. And he gave me a hat, a Super Bowl hat of the Cowboys. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll call him Homer again. And then last weekend he just went off the rails, totally off the rails with all of it. So I'm not sure where I, where I, how I feel about Homer these days. It's much like everyone's not sure how we feel about the Tampa Bay Bucks just not being as good as they think they are. Yeah, yeah, that was an interesting game last uh, last Sunday for sure. I, I don't know how you walk away from that feeling good about where you're at, even though you won. So, anyway, um, I'm sure we'll get a good text message about that. I do actually have a text message from Homer that he wanted me to uh, to read, so I'll I'll save that for uh, later in the show. But we have a we have a good show this week. Um, another look back at 1991 or ties to 1991 for for the most part. And and D, you kind of came up with this at the end of our last episode. If you want to kind of set it up a little bit. Well, September 24 of uh, uh, 1991 was the release date of both Blood Sugar Sex Magic and Nevermind by Nirvana. Uh, so I, I you, we missed the boat on the last show because it would have been right there. And so I just thought it was time that we throw some of these songs on there. And uh, uh, it was funny that, you know, Richie and I, you know, were probably a little more familiar with the Chili Peppers than you were, Sean. And we kept throwing in songs, and uh, and you kept trying to be, oh, that was the one I was going to have. That was the one I was going to have. Well, I was trying to, the reason being is when Richie sent the note of what he was going to pick, I was in the middle of typing mine out, <laughs> and I was trying to figure out what my last song was going to be, and then he sent it, I was like, damn it, he beat me to it. So, yeah, it was just kind of funny. And then I sent mine, and then you sent yours, and it had the song that I had picked. <laughs> Well, I, I didn't look at yours. Okay. So I just, I just didn't want to pick. Uh, there's a couple of songs that we just threw on here anyway, that I didn't want to pick because they've been played so much, but we'll, we'll get to those. They're good songs. They just been, uh, just been played. Well, a lot. and they have to be talked about yes. and they have to be talked about. And we'll get to that. But, but I, I don't think any of us wanted to be the one to actually pick those songs. Right. Like they're, they're songs that we know I we have that, to talk about. And, and it was just like, 
I mean, I love this song, but it's not, I don't want to be the douche with it next, my name next to it, uh, you know, in the, in the liner notes yeah. for the, for the <laughs> podcast. Exactly. So, uh, did you see, by the way, that they're playing a huge concert, the Chili Peppers at Soldier Field coming up? I think it's next year. Maybe, yeah, it's got to be next year. It wouldn't be later this year because it'd get too cold. But uh, I, I was like, wow, Soldier Field, that's a that's a lofty place to hold a concert. But I bet I bet if anybody can sell it out, they're a band that can do it. Uh, I was just going to say, it looks like they're just doing a full tour because like, I'm getting some notes from uh, some messages that, that they're coming. I would not mind seeing them. And it... By the way, speaking of bands, and it, it's our Bye. first band that we're going to talk about. Yeah, that's funny. Um, but it's but I heard somebody told me that Pearl Jam played St. Louis on Friday night. Is that true? No. I did not know that. I, I would be, yeah. I didn't know it either. I, like, somebody told me yesterday that Pearl Jam played St. Louis on Friday night, and I had no... I had not heard a darn thing about if, it. If that was if true, they, if they did, if they did, it was a pop up concert because it like hasn't been on anything here. If they did, it was a pop up concert and nobody's talking about it. Like it's a super secret mm-hmm. pop up concert because I guarantee you, I would know about it. Yeah, <laughs> they, they just did the whole Ohana Fest in uh, uh, Dana Point, California. Uh, they finished it off last weekend, so yeah. I heard a heard an MP3 of one of their shows from um, New Jersey. I think it was that was a couple of yes. weeks ago. It was yeah, fantastic. It was fantastic. Uh, Absolutely great. Uh, what, one of our listeners, Meg with an H, was at that show. Oh, and and it was, yeah. And she talked about how incredible it was. It was her first time seeing Pearl Jam, and hmm. and she wanted to see Elderly Woman, and it was. It, they it sang it. Turned out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a great lead into this. The first song I went with once by Pearl Jam because this again this this album came out in 1991, so we were just trying to do that and. But this is the opening track off of ten, you know, from 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 them. Such a great goddamn song, yeah, and, and a great opening song. Absolutely, it it um this song, it, it, the the version that we've got on the playlist almost doesn't do this song justice. The live version of this song does this song justice. The way that he sings it in concert and the and the just the the rawness of this song is just so impressive when you when you actually see them do it live. And that's and that's one of the weird things about Pearl Jam is is like I almost prefer the live versions to a lot of these songs than than the studio versions. I'm like that with almost every artist ever. I don't know why. I just like the live versions of well, songs not Motley better. Crew. Motley Crue. Well, no, God, no, wow, <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't ever want to listen to Motley Crue again after after that Motley disaster. Motley Crue putting out a devil live album. God damn it! No, <laughs> you run, you run from that. Absolutely. <laughs> no, um, this song. Uh, reading through the notes, I, I don't know that I ever necessarily completely understood what this song's about. I'm not sure I still completely understand what it's about after after listening to it. But um, obviously, it's about. Uh, about a relationship gone bad. And, and, and I love the fact that it was like one of the first things that he wrote that made the rest of the band say, come join us. We really like you, <laughs> you know? And that's kind of how they got together was partially because of this song. Yeah. That was the most interesting part of the notes that this was one of the three songs, demo songs that he sent them uh, just having come up with lyrics on his own, basically to uh to one of their beats. Right. I mean, or one of their, uh, uh, one of their tracks, um i i thought i thought that was just kind of a a very cool uh intro to the band yeah it's 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 actually part of the mama son uh trilogy uh which which is awkward and odd 
uh, for this song, but but it's it but it makes so much sense when you think about it. Like, I'll admit it. What to say? I'll relive it without pain. Backstreet lover on the side of the road. I got a bomb in my temple. It's gonna explode. You know, like shit like that. Like just like, mm-hmm. could you imagine being? 1989 and getting this guy's fucking voice on that music, you know, in a tape in the mail, you know, the fucking Mer- Merle Haggard thing. Like, fuck that. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. Well, you know, just the fact that they listened to it, like, like, you know, how, how often would you get something like that and just throw it away as trash? Like, well, and, and, and part of it, when they were trying to find a new singer, and one of the things they were worried about was people trying to be like Andy Wood from Mother Love Bone, and uh, uh, you know to have Jack Irons, who is in Wisconsin in, in the scene, you know, recommend this kid, and to get that tape and come back and and you know to hear this voice, this fucking voice, like wow, like like I I could not that's one of the things i would love i would love to be sitting in the fucking apartment with stone and jeff listening to this fucking tape you know like thinking oh shit this guy might be worth it you know and here we are 35 (laughs) fucking years later d would be sitting there with them and say no don't pick him pick me pick me (laughs) (laughs) i'd be no axel rose is the one (laughs) Uh, yeah uh it would it would definitely be interesting to see how that dialogue went back and forth between them but obviously you know it worked out pretty well that they uh that they did that and they connected (laughs) a little bit so it worked out really Mm -hmm. i think they're doing okay yeah so so the next song as we roll through our look back at 1991 or connections to 1991 um we do move over to the red hot chili peppers and this is was this the song that oh this was the song you picked originally that i didn't realize you had picked but this is i could have lied um off of blood sugar sex magic and the, the notes right. on this kind of blew me away when I when I read where this song actually came from and just kind of the backstory. It was a little bit got a little chippy when you read the notes on this for sure. Yeah, no, uh, and 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 I think when it came out, nobody had any idea <laughs> what the fuck it was about. Mm-hmm. But it, it's such a great and dark song. It's so fucking cool how dark it is. And just to go through this really quick, Anthony Kiedis wrote this song allegedly after he has been dumped by Sinead O'Connor, who would have put those two together ever. Um, His girlfriend at that time, the song's about lying, about cheating, which is what he thought he could have done to avoid getting dumped, um, which is uh, which is kind of interesting. And I did like that the music of the song was allegedly inspired by All Along the Watchtower by Jimi Hendrix. I thought that was interesting as well. But I can't picture Anthony Kiedis and Sinead O'Connor as a as a couple by any means. She denies that it happened. Apparently, neither can Sinead O'Connor because it didn't sound like uh, she had the same recollection of events. Um, it wasn't necessarily memorable in her life if it happened, right? No, well, it, it's not like. Apparently, he's not the Pope, you know, where she he's she's going to take you know a huge stand against that. But, uh, but yeah, no, but she I, definitely I did definitely did say that she doesn't like the band. Like, <laughs> yes, yeah, she did. I and. and the chili peppers are polarizing i get it and uh they have like three different versions of the chili peppers yeah 
it, and this album's really the birth of the the pop version of the Chili Peppers. The one that the one that you know, like from here on, it's they they have a lot of hits coming um, mm-hmm. that that aren't in tone with what they had done previously. Well, and, and not to dive right too deep too deep into it right now. Uh, you know, the album after this, you know, is John Frusciante left, and they went into uh, One Hot Minute with Dave Navarro, which was like a huge drug album. Frusciante came back, and then they had Klinghoffer, who is now a part of Pearl Jam's touring band, and Eddie Vedder's new uh, side band, too, along with Chad Smith, the drummer, who will come up, you know, a little bit later in this episode, too. But, yeah. 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 No, this this song, like it's so fucking deep. It, like you did not expect it from the Red Hot Chili Peppers when it came out. I I like the very end of the song, the very last verse of the song. I'm sitting here looking at the lyrics right now. I could have lied. I'm such a fool. My eyes could never, never, never keep their cool. Showed her and I told her how she struck me, but I'm fucked up now. I just that that is a very well written verse to end the song. It's a very powerful way to end the song. And just the the way he sings it too. Mm -hmm. It's it's got that kind of staccato uh, vibe to it. Like it it just he doesn't just plow through it. It he lets it breathe. I had somebody tell me once, and and I've and I've this has probably been ten years ago. I was talking with somebody and in uh, rock radio about the chili peppers. And he said, you know, it's amazing how successful they are considering the way Anthony Kiedis has no real rhythm to the way he sings a song. And I was like, you know, he doesn't, that's, that's totally true. He doesn't have, there's no like melodic sound to his voice whatsoever, but it works. Oh, I'm not sure why it works, but it does. And, and, and that's the thing too, is, is like, you know, like mother's milk, the album before this one. And, and, we're going to obviously talk about Chili Peppers a lot on this episode, but uh, prior to this one, he they were like funky, you know, like uh, uh, almost disco-y sort of ska kind of punk pop sort of shit. And then this one, they actually, you know, Rick Rubin is the producer for this album. Uh, and, and he just turned them around. And this song is one of those ones they just nailed it on this one and this made them put them on the map and i'll say all four chili pepper songs we have on this show are incredibly popular incredibly good and incredibly different like there's there's not a a through line you know they came off the same album they all sound different like they're all oh Oh, yeah and 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 some of the alternate ones that i that i thought of like you know like sir psycho sexy and, and shit like that or uh uh power of the equality you know, like this album was the one, you know, with this playlist where I kept thinking of the song that would come next yeah. on the CD more than the other ones, even Nirvana, uh, which uh, that's a great segue to the next song. Which uh, I, I thought we were done talking about the Chili Peppers, so I started to sing and then we st- <laughs> so I screwed up. <laughs> Try again, round two. <laughs> so, next song on the list is Lounge Act from from the Nevermind album. And this song, the Nirvana songs on here are my favorite that we're going to talk about this week. We talked about this right before we came on, but this song is just, they they do such a good job of hiding um, a lot of stuff inside very heavy songs. I love the first oh, line yeah. of this. I, I just love the first line of this song, Truth Covered in Securities. I just, that is such a good first line to a song. And, and the fact that you can read insecurity. Mm-hmm is truth covered insecurity like mm-hmm. i'm insecure yeah. about myself yes that that whole thing just fucking blows me away mm-hmm. and the fact that they call this song lounge jack because of the opening bass line mm-hmm. sounded like a 
you know, like a cheesy ass uh, lounge act. Yeah. Yeah. Nirvana had a lot of layers that people probably don't uh, don't know is necessarily notice in their songs because they're so heavy and you just think of them as in your face and stuff. But there's so much innuendo in their songs a lot of times, too, that that and and we're going to talk about that a little bit later with territorial pissings as well. But um, but yeah, it's just uh, this is this is a great song off of a great album all all the way around. And it's still like. It's, it's amazing, and, and this will be in most of the songs we cover from them today, how he'll have such great lyrics and then, like, filler. Like, there's there's there, there's mm, absolutely. just a great line, <laughs> and then he clearly just needed something to rhyme with that mm-hmm. and, and to, to move it on to the next great line. And, like, it, I, I don't remember that as much in the later Nirvana songs, but, uh, you know, this being their first major uh, al- uh, major label album, it definitely is present here and yet it still works. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, it's not a complaint at all because the whole damn thing works. And I don't, I don't think that's present on this song though. Uh, I think this song has a pretty good through line all the way through it. Yeah, this one does, but I, I get Richie's point though. They're there. I mean, oh, no, no, he, I no, mean, no, smells, I, I, smells I, like I teen honestly, spirit, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. I mean, there's parts of that song that are just a complete fucking mess. There's just, oh, you sure. know, it just, none of it makes, it doesn't even make sense in most of it. So yeah. I, I, and, 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 and that's possibly him, you know, jumping the gun, you know, trying to get to a point that, mm-hmm. uh, but, but this song in particular, I don't think <laughs> this song in particular, I don't think, uh, I, I think this one, you know, nails it, uh, like there's no yeah 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 richie you've offended d clearly <laughs> that's good that, that's my that's my goal so this song this song about heartache and a relationship that contains a reference to smells like teen spirit which i never caught on to um saying i still smell her on you i thought that was interesting yeah. um the title comes from the fact that nirvana thought that the bass intro sounded like something like a cheesy lounge band like d talked about and it says in the notes this is the only song cobain admitted was about a much maligned ex-girlfriend which is kind of interesting because a lot of their songs are relationship or drug-based one of the two so that's uh that's that's interesting that it'd be the only one that he would admit about that. Well, he was always cagey about what all, all his shit was about anyhow. He, he like Eddie better, you know, uh, they were so polar opposites, but they just wanted people to 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 take what they could from their songs. Um more Nirvana coming up on the show as we have a couple of more Nirvana songs, but next song on the list is yours, Richie. Go ahead. I can't even remember which order we did. It's a, it's the Metallica um, song. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 So this is the only Metallica song. Cause the black album also came out around this time in 91 and um, tough to pick a song from the black album. Like you, you really like, <laughs> there's so many you could go with, but I ended up going with uh, wherever I may roam. Just uh, that one's always kind of a special one for me with all the traveling I've done over the, over the years. And, and, you know, the song's just about, the road kind of absorbing you and it, it becomes your life. Uh, D, I, I suspect you can probably speak to that at this point now. Yeah. And, and the road becomes my bride. Yeah. That's yes. absolutely right. It, 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 I, I was so happy that you picked this one. Not only is it a great fucking song in this album, it is it's so, I think it's so overrated that it may be underrated now, you know? Yeah. Oh, coming back to it. Mm. 
You think so, Sean? Oh, this album. I mean, saying this album's overrated, I get where you where you because it became so popular, but my God, this is a good album. I mean, just from start to finish, you know, there's yep. it it just it's it's different than um a lot of things because I, I like don't listen to Metallica all the time, so I can still pop this album on and really enjoy it because I haven't overheard the, except for Inner Sandman. I've overheard Inner Sandman, yep. but but um but the rest of them, you know, yeah, this song particularly. I think the thing about this song it was a good shift for Metallica. This is a good example of it from like injustice for all and ride the lightning and all the, all the kill them all, all the previous albums. They were just looked at as this giant heavy metal band that were in your face. They were kicking your ass. And this is the first time you could hear them kind of uh, deviate from that. There are some heavy parts in this song, but there's also a much more soft tone to it and a more real life tone than some of the, some of the stuff they had done in the past. And ultimately, this song's heavier than pr- almost everything else off of this album. I mean, it, like, uh, Inner Sandman has some heavy moments, but, like, nothing else matters. And a lot of those songs just aren't that heavy for Metallica. Yeah. Uh, and this song uh, still has yeah. that vibe. I think I sent to you guys overnight uh, the uh, video for this song, uh, like, the the actual official video for the song. And I hadn't watched it and seen it in, in years. And what cracked me up about it was it seemed like, you know, like they were ripping off all the, you know, the Bon Jovi or Poison or Def Leppard tropes of life on the road sort of thing. And I was just like, wow, I, 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 maybe I missed it when it came out because I was just so in awe that Metallica had a video on MTV that was in heavy rotation, but, Mm -hmm. but it, it just seemed like all of those, you know, like, uh, there's a shot on the stage where they're kicking ass and then there's a shot backstage where they're like exhausted and we're on the bus. <laughs> yeah. 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 It doesn't take away from the song at all. Uh, uh, like I, I, this might be this and, and, and sad, but true might be my two favorite songs off this record. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, so I, I, I'm not saying that to belittle the song at all, but I, I'm saying it just like, you know, that was just such a trope in, yeah. in 1991 when this came out, like Metallica wanted a road song or, or MTV wanted a road song video, you know, so people felt sorry for him or some shit like that. <laughs> they get more into that later in their career too. Yeah. <laughs> and the, and, and, the and, then, and then, the then there's the whole Napster yeah. thing. Yeah. So. Or, or poor Lars trying to sell his art collection in, uh, <laughs> in that goddamn documentary. Yes, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, mm-hmm. that that turned into such drama. It's it was always kind of weird to look at them the same after that for a little while. Ah, yeah. Um, one so, thing that we've got to do a little bit of a sidebar, but it relates back to Metallica. We have got to get that Chris Stapleton song, um, the cover of "Nothing yes. Else Matters" on the on the show sometime in the near well, future because it's tremendous. We have to do a covers album or, or, or episode. I, I think we're due for that. Pick covers, and that fits right right into it. Richie, you were going to say something. Uh, so on on Sports Center for the last probably four weeks, all of their intros and outros to commercial have been various covers or uh, Metallica renditions, mostly Metallica renditions of different uh, black songs. So it's like, so like, as they're getting ready to go to commercial, they'll play a little bit of nothing else matters, but it's not the, it's not the normal album version. Mm-hmm. It's some, it's off of either, either oh, the blacklist oh. or yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's off the new stuff. Me. 
it's waiting for me at home there's a deluxe edition of the black album plus the uh the blacklist you know seven lp yep. 65 covers of <laughs> so so i'm like halfway through blacklist off of amazon music and, it's and some aren't great mm-hmm. yeah. but some are some but are pretty fantastic but it's interesting to listen to though absolutely yeah yep. but how many how many metallica stickers come with this d Oh, I have no idea. I haven't. I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> okay. I All think right. it's a surprise for me, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, and I think we've talked about the Jason Isbell and uh, Saint Vincent uh, covers. Oh my god! And then Chris Stapleton. Jesus Christ. Yeah, the Chris Stapleton part, and you you had said this on a previous episode, D. But it's the not only is it a great cover, but it's that guitar at the end too, where he just oh. like shreds it, and it, yeah. it's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. This guy was a studio fucking artist for the longest time. Chris Stapleton, uh, the one, the only person that's making country music the way it should be, still stay alive these days because the rest of it's pretty much total trash garbage. So yeah, mm-hmm. like Applebee's commercials. Yeah, something like that. You're just you love it. <laughs> I think Richie like seriously loves that Applebee's song because he talks about it so much. And, 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 there's an Applebee's song. Like, that freaking okay, so song he talks about all the time. Shows. The dude's talking about going to freaking Applebee's to have dinner. Yes. <laughs> That's what the song's about. And it's re- totally I, I ridiculous. I saw the commercial over the weekend and, and I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, it was just like they were trying to make Applebee's like a normal restaurant. I'm, Is it the I'm, one with all of them dancing? Like, it's just oh, people no, dancing? No, okay. Oh, there's then that no wasn't dancing. the commercial. <laughs> yeah, okay, there's no dancing. So, yeah, I, I missed the mm. point of that. Okay. But it sucks, though, uh, because, like, you go to the high school. Like, I take Elliot to the to the Dunlap football games on Friday nights, and they freaking play that song, and everybody stands up and freaking uh, sings along to it. And I'm like, what are you doing, people? What is happening? And Elliot, then Elliot's like, Dad, why aren't, why aren't you singing like everybody so else? Well, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> God. Oh my God. Dennis, you don't understand how bad this song is. Like, like mm. I, I, I'm telling you, your mind will be blown when you finally hear this. Like you thought body like a back road was bad. This is a whole other level of hell and everyone loves it. Think body like a back road was bad. No, I like, know for you, a fact. Why'd you open the door, Richie? Oh my God. It's horrible. That's it. I'm just telling you, this one's worse. (laughs) Due to this conversation taking a very weird turn, we now join the rest of Sean and Dee's good tape already in progress. Anyway, anyway, next song on the playlist. Uh, That was quite the way. That was quite. (laughs) (laughs) What I've got, you've got to give it to your mother. (laughs) you gotta get to put it in you sean jesus christ what don't you get <laughs> oh man uh, don't stop continue <laughs> um anyway next song on is give it away by the by the chili peppers How come everybody wants to keep up like the kaiser i just don't understand it Oh my, I've lost control um, of this show. Uh, anyway, I think I'm just going to go away. You guys finish the show and then let me know when you're done. <laughs> I'll come back and edit it. <laughs> um, no, anyway, I, I, getting back to seriousness about this song, this is one of the ones I really didn't want to put on here because it's been overplayed on the radio. But after I found out what the meaning of the song actually was, it actually makes it way more interesting. 
the, the song being given away by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, depending on what Sean had to cut out of the previous five minutes of episode. I, yeah, I'm going to have to listen back to that. I might just leave it all in. It was really just D. So it was D just hanging himself a little bit. <laughs> so anyway. He's frozen. Yeah. I think uh, I'm wondering how many people shut the podcast off about five minutes ago. So we'll see if we have any more listeners. Hi, D. We can see you. You're, you're waving. So uh, give it away by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, as I say that for about the fifth time. Um, uh, obviously, a song from 1991 as we continue with that. But uh, D, would you like to explain what this song is actually about? Because I think most people probably would have no idea what the song really, where it came from. It, it... <laughs> I was not expecting that. Uh, uh, I was not expecting to talk about give it away. Well, the talking about the D meaning of give it away. So essentially, since D can't uh, can't take the ball and run with it at this point, he's still a little verklempt. Um, essentially, Anthony Kiedis having another ex-girlfriend because apparently he had a lot of those over the years. Um, she gave him a coat. And he thought that it was such a nice act that she would give him this coat from his, from the closet full of clothes and that she could just keep them that it made him write a song about give it away. Essentially. It's a, it's kind of interesting how uh, he basically, the act was something that affected him significantly because he'd never before experienced such enlightening ideology on life. And growing up in Los Angeles, he'd always thought differently from the ex-girlfriend on like having things and keeping them instead of giving them to other people as a nice act. And that's where the song, and you wouldn't take this song that way whatsoever, you know, when you listen to it, oh. but it's, it's well, no, just what, an interesting what I take. Got, you got to give it to your mama. What? Yeah, absolutely. It was such an epiphany that someone would want to give me her favorite thing that stuck with me forever. Every time I'd be thinking I have to keep, I'd remember, no, you got to give away instead like that that right there mm -hmm. but would you have thought that that's what this song was about until you read this Fuck no yeah exactly <laughs> like, no. this song be, had a dirty quite honest to it. i i would have thought yeah this song was either about sex or drugs mm -hmm. i like it, it is to me it's more likely that this song is about drugs than under the bridge is which is mm -hmm. really weird because you know that's what that song's about mm -hmm. um this is one of those songs that overplayed so much i always i'm always extremely happy when it comes on and like midway through the song i'm like okay I, I'm, I'm good hearing him say give it away like mm -hmm. like it's how the song go, goes for me sean sean is famous uh of saying think well famous between the three of us of saying things just grown on and on and like yep. this song seems like it goes on a little longer than it needs yep. to until you see it like a live version of it like how much fun the fucking people are having on stage like just singing give it away give it away now and again not knowing what the fuck they're talking about but yeah i just stopped listening after you said sean is famous because it gave me a big ego and i just checked out and thought about how famous i am i appreciate you're over with william now yeah exactly mm -hmm. yeah it wasn't it wasn't yeah. audible on our end yeah so um smells like teen spirit i actually have a lot of uh sound bites and stuff that you had sent d um that i want to play as we get into that song so uh do we want to take our midway point break now or do we want to wait until after smells like teen spirit you want to take it now all right we'll take a break and be back with more here on sean and d's good tape ain't no good here no all bueno right. 
Welcome back to this edition of Sean and Dee's Good Tape. We are going through some songs from 1991, and Dee is a little bit giggly today. So, um, no, so, no, it's funny how you're just like, no, let's cut this shit. Let's just jump right back into it. Oh, well, Richie's got a tight deadline. He's got a, he's got a heart oh, out, oh, as he said. So we got we to gotta get through the uh, second half of the show. Um, so the next song on the list is probably the most famous song on the list this week, which is Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. And I, we've talked about this song you know, in passing plenty of times on the show and its importance in the history of rock music and just music and society in general. But uh, D, you sent some really interesting stuff earlier this week, and I kind of like to go this direction with the song, just about how Nirvana did not embrace their success from this song by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, no, this was not what they thought would be their first single at all. Like, they just, and, and the fact that this was the one that turned people on to them you know including the people that they did not want to listen to their music you know like like it's just fascinating there's been volumes and volumes of of things written about Kurt Cobain's feelings you know about the song's popularity I want to play a soundbite that's actually from Dave Grohl, now the obviously the lead man of the Foo Fighters, who is probably the king of rock and roll right now, the one who carries the flag better than anybody else does. But this soundbite really caught me off guard, and I want to, I want to play this really quick. We're going to record our record, then we're going to go on tour this year, and we're going to have a whole new set, all new songs. So we won't ever have to play Smells Like Teen Spirit again. <laughs> it's fun to play. It's just weird because it seems, for a lot of people, it's just... You know, it's the only Nirvana song, and that kind of, that's upsetting. Could you imagine? Oh, yeah. Could you imagine yeah. oh. being at a Nirvana concert during that time frame and they start playing the opening riff to Smells Like Teen Spirit and they say, we're not going to play that one? Oh, my God. I'm surprised the crowd didn't riot. It, but I, I don't think the crowd would catch that. Like, it, like, like okay, you're joking. Like, it, it, would be, it would be, okay, you cut it off here. You're going to throw it in later. And then, like, when then it doesn't ever show up. But, yeah, they, they were kind of assholes, like, quite frankly. Um, you know, there's they oh, have a history. Oh, Kurt Cobain strategically tried to push people away, yeah. and and I think that's why Dave Grohl comes off as you know rock and roll's dad. You know, is because he's he saw what happened, and is not necessarily he doesn't disagree with what Kurt Cobain did, but he also has a different way of going about it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. He's, he's grown. And, and I would, I would guess I, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm sure Chris and I, I, even if, if Kurt Cobain had, you know, lived a full life, he might've come around and not, and not kind of had that same oh, absolutely. animosity. 1000%. Mm-hmm. And, and we could I, probably get into that more you know, in, uh, in a couple of future songs, but, but yeah, this song was, was what, catapulted uh uh this genre of music into our lives which uh you know basically is why this podcast exists yeah you know yeah we 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 talk about these songs Mm -hmm. because 
you know, they impacted us. And, and this song was the one that started us, started it all. The the other clip that I want to play here that you sent was a was a different performance where they did play the song, but he but but Kurt Cobain decided to uh, the pops, yeah, sing yeah. it a little bit different. Let me play that. What'd you say, D? None of it. They did not give a shit. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's funny though that they, they turned their back on it as quickly as they did because a lot of that stuff really wasn't too long after the song became as popular as it was. So they did not embrace that popularity whatsoever and wanted to, wanted to shy away from it. Yeah, but like. by 93, they weren't even playing it anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't think it existed in any concerts after that at all. Mm-hmm. Like, so, I mean, it had a very narrow run for the band. Mm-hmm. And that, to back to the the little clip that you just played, it's even worse than him singing it off off like that. They were they were not playing their instruments. So it was it was a recorded version of mm-hmm. the the song itself. Mm-hmm. And then he sang over it because like, like he's, he's doing, if you watch the video, he's doing this, this flat hand in front of his guitar, like, like he's playing it, but not at all. And, 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 and Chris is just, you know, like throwing his guitar in the air. But but back then live TV like that, you know, a lot of it was lip synced and, you know, just done for show, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and they were mocking that and, uh, and, and mocking their own popularity. You know, it was the, like, I'm, so cool that i'm not cool sort of you know vibe you know i I mean it's kind of a shitty attitude but especially when i mean you look at there's like 200 fans sitting there like they're trying going crazy wanting to hear nirvana but there are 200 fans that are probably there you know for whatever fucking tv taping that it was that didn't realize nirvana was playing and 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 i'm not sticking up for them because i'm i'm trying to say that you know, they were being assholes against the corporation, the corporate machine or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, and like Richie, the point you were trying to make is, is, you know, like maybe somebody else is getting hurt by this because they're not give, getting what they wanted. But all right. So I think that I, that was the points that I wanted to get about smells like teen spirit. You know, we've talked about the song before. Go ahead, Richie. And this is one of the songs that clearly has the added lyrics in it. The, mm-hmm. Oh know, yeah. He had some, but the weird thing is it doesn't come across that way, mainly because you can't understand most of what he says or until you've heard the song 4,000 times. Oh yeah. Yep. He's but, not somebody that you're just going to pick up on what he's what he's saying without reading some. And that was the thing that they talked about in the in the notes that D found was that most people did not know what the words were because there was no liner notes for it to actually look up what the lyrics were for the song. So I thought that was kind of interesting too. Uh, right before we started recording, I actually uh, looked up the "Smells Like Nirvana" by Weird Al Yankovic. Oh yeah. <laughs> 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 I don't remember exactly what it's it was, but I'm sure it was dumb. With all my marbles in my mouth. 
That's funny. So as we continue our tour of um, Anthony Kiedis's broken relationships, let's go to uh, let's go to the next song on our Chili Peppers part of the list, which is Breaking the Girl, which is yet about another one of Anthony Kiedis's ex-girlfriends. Only this time, unlike I could have lied, he's on the other side of the relationship this time, it appears. And for those keeping score at home, this is the third song with a third different girlfriend in it. Um, just hold on. We might get to more at some point. <laughs> the same album. <laughs> Um, another really good song that's not um, not one of their mainstream songs. I don't think it was never as popular as as "Give It Away" or "Under the Bridge" or you know. Oh, no, it was. It, it was mm-hmm. a single off the album, but it was mm-hmm. never never "Give It Away" or "Under the Bridge." Or yeah, but it's actually much more uh, much more fun to listen to now because it's not one of those songs that got way overplayed. So uh, a very a very good song by the by the Chili Peppers for sure. Uh, the, the I thought was, was I thought Richie had something. Oh my god! This is this. Uh, Brendan, the word of today on the show is discombobulated. That is what this show has been so far. So we'll see if we can like be less discombobulated as we go along. My favorite thing about this, the notes, was that Brendan O'Brien, who produced a lot of Pearl Jam's early albums, uh, uh, was played the Mellotron on this album, like. Or on this song, like that was like, oh shit, that's so fucking cool and subtle because the Chili Peppers helped Nirvana and Pearl Jam break out. I was reading. Did, I, I was go ahead, go ahead, Richie. I was just gonna say, did both Nirvana and, and Pearl Jam tour with Chili Peppers, or was it just Pearl Jam? No, no, it was Pearl Jam, Nirvana, and Chili Peppers were, were, was the famous tour that happened like right around all these albums coming out. Did it really? I don't remember that. Yeah. Wow. That. Well, no, of course not. It's a heck of a tour. That's a heck of. Could you imagine seeing that show? You'd be like, you'd be like freaking I, I know, worn out right? by the time that was over. My <laughs> God, that'd be a heck of a show. If you yeah. can make it through all the songs, like. So you know. what? Uh, I mean, in the in the world, this is kind of an interesting little sidebar, but not not how it happened back in 1990 or 1991 when they did it. But what order do they go in? It was Pearl Jam, Nirvana, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, but what order should they go in? That's that's what I'm asking. I didn't, I don't care what they did, but what in in you know looking at it 30 years later, if you were to go see that show today, oh, oh. what what order should they go in? That's tough. That's really tough because, you know, all three have the have the headlining uh, ability, obviously. Yep. Well, and I mean, that just really those is. three albums. Try rack and stack those three albums on top of each other. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. It's I mean, all three. I would probably I would probably go because because of the way that they do it. I'd probably go Chili Peppers, Pearl Jam, Nirvana. Not because I think Nirvana is better than Pearl Jam because I don't, but because Nirvana is going to be that in your face, kick your ass ending that you kind of want with with how how toned up they are compared to a lot of Pearl Jam songs. But but yeah, I'd have how the Chili Peppers. Huh? How toned up they like, are. like their, their songs are a lot heavier. Pearl Jam has songs that aren't as heavy as Nirvana. Nirvana is much more in your face for the most part with everything. So it's not because I like them more. Like I said, I think that oh, okay. it would just be a good, a good end, a better ending for that concert. But could you imagine Pearl Jam being like the mid headliner of a show? And then, wow, I just can't imagine what it'd be like to go to that concert. Wow. Well, and I actually think if you talk to three different people, you'd get a different take because I, th- I think you're going to have, you know, like I, I would guess Dennis right now. <laughs> right. But I, I would I would guess Dennis would pick Pearl Jam as the as the headliner, mm-hmm. like just it just for, you know, 
because of his love for Pearl Jam. And mm-hmm. I guarantee you can find a lot of people to be like, oh, no, Red Hot Chili Peppers are the way better band. They are definitely the headliner. Mm-hmm. If, like, if you were to ask me right now, it'd be Nirvana, Chili Peppers, Pearl Jam. It, Nirvana doesn't have the body of music. Uh, you're not including Foo Fighters or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chili Peppers, you know, is great, awesome, fun stuff. But Pearl Jam at the end of a show can bring all those fuckers on there and and do like a, a crazy closing. Like it would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> what's your, I feel like what's any your of them could do the close. Any of them, but Nirvana could do the close. Well, Kurt would, like, Kurt wouldn't go on stage with somebody on. else. Yeah. Kurt wouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> what would you, what would your pick be? See, I would probably have red hot third, like in, in, in the, in the, in the, uh, in the, the the driver's seat at the end because hmm. they're gonna you figure you know, like if, if you're expanding it if you're just talking 91 they have more of a catalog than the other two bands because they've been around so if, yeah. you, if you if you're cutting it off oh, with i didn't realize blood, we we're just talking 91. we're not but that's we're not we're yeah. not okay so you expand it <laughs> you expand it and you, you you you're now going to include scar tissue and californication and in all of their their mainstream songs which is a whole different level like mm-hmm. you know Nirvana wasn't making music anymore at that point, of course. And, and Pearl Jam wasn't making music for the masses. Like, like it's, it's a different show depending on which band you, you decide to go with in the end. And all three of them, I think are valid choices. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a, just a little, by the way, another sidebar before we move on to the next song. So earlier this week, I was like, I was looking through my, you know, like music library on Apple music. And I saw the new Foo Fighters album, which isn't so new anymore. Obviously it came out earlier this year and we did a whole show on it. I thought, you know, I haven't listened to that since we did that show back in February or whenever it was. And I tried to listen to it. I just don't like it. I I don't know. I just, it isn't. And I, and I like most of their stuff, but I just, I just don't dig it. I I'm, I'm really disappointed in it. It, It's a hard listen to now. Like, like we were forced to listen to it, not forced to listen to it, but uh, you know, like, like we forced ourselves. Yes. And and it was fun and Mm -hmm. it's fun and it's an interesting listen, but it is the worst Foo Fighters album. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah. Yeah, and that's sad too because they're coming off of three of their best albums in a row. They were on fire with uh, what they were doing, and yeah, just kind of a. But he, they also did a different version of an album than they had been doing too. They said it was a poppy album, and they said that up front, and it just doesn't come across the way that I want it to. And 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 it's possible that life that we're dealing with now maybe fucked us up with it. Like maybe it could have been more fun if we could have seen them right away on tour, you know, instead mm-hmm. of, you know, having to wait yeah. and being in the pandemic and <laughs> yeah, know, all that shit. But. It, it's just weird when you compare it with the Counting Crows album, which you were a little more lukewarm on when it came out and, and like, it's just really grows on you. Mm-hmm. Like that album, the more you listen to it, the better it gets. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, sure. And, and, and it's absolutely different, different, kind of music too yeah. but Foo Fighters fucked up Count Crows grabbed the bat- ball and ran with it and, and and yeah no Death Butter Sweet it's, it's so good it's so good. 
So sidebar to a sidebar to a sidebar. <laughs> um, this is a good time to mention the story that I was telling you last night, D. So um, Amanda and I were watching uh, uh, Sammy Hagar's birthday bash last night, which I'll talk a lot about a little bit more when we get to our last song. But after it was over, it got over about 930 and and we were like, well, let's watch something else. And I was looking through that Nugs net that had uh, had the Sammy concert on it. And one of the other concerts they had on there was the 10th anniversary show for August and everything after that Counting Crows did. So I popped it on and we watched all of it. And it was it was absolutely fantastic it you know just from start to finish but um but after it was over Amanda was talking about just how in touch with their emotions that Adam Duritz is which he is you know and he can write this you know like poetry essentially that becomes music and and all of this stuff and and she said you know this this was just a a a good thought on her part she said you know at some point Adam Duritz and Taylor Swift should date and then they should break up. And could you imagine what their albums would be like after they dated and broke up when they wrote about each other? And I was like, yes, it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. <laughs> you didn't have to throw in the, and then they should break up because they would definitely break up. They would, like, they like would it's, definitely it's, break yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. So anyway, if you haven't seen that, uh, haven't seen that concert, and I know you were thinking about watching it when you were doing laundry earlier, D, but it's a, it's a fantastic concert that everybody should, should check out if you're a Counting Crows fan. Oh no, it's it's a great show. Like I, 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 Sean, we talked about both of us own it on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. Yes, the Blu-ray that I was too lazy to go get out of the uh, storage bin that it's sitting in, so I watched it streaming instead because I don't know why I own any Blu-rays because it's if it's not streaming, I'm probably not going to watch it. <laughs> Which is I'm not getting up and going and finding the disc anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's unreal. What I is only this buy thing? my video games digitally. I have to push a button and then I have to insert a disc into this player and then push play. What is up with this? That's too much work. Oh, sidebar to a sidebar to a sidebar to a sidebar. sidebar. Uh, so. Video games, Richie. Like, I, it's so easy to buy them digitally. But do you remember, like, lending your friends, you know, fucking video games? Like, that's what I. That's what I think about. But it, it's so. So video games have changed so much. They're no longer there. It's they're simultaneously more community based because you have all the the online games that, that people play. And, and but they're they're more sure. like. You, you you know you there there is no such thing as playing a game of madden in your living room with your friend like you're you know which we grew up on we, you know we we would have the football game on uh playing every every year we'd be playing we'd be sitting next to each other and it'd be fine you can't do that now because you know what play he's running and he knows what play you're running and it just it just doesn't work anymore the way it the way it did back in the day like it, it's yeah they're, they have talked about, and at some point, I think they will have the capability that you can lend a game to a friend, like digitally. Um, I, I, it, it, it's going to happen at some point. I just, I don't know when. I remember one time. The- I remember one time when I loaned a friend my uh, version of uh, Super Nintendo Super Mario Kart, which was like my favorite game ever. And instead of giving it back to me, he sold it. Hmm. Not saying who that was, but he might be on this podcast right now. And he might be in Japan in a different time zone than the other two of us. I was like, I was like, I don't think I I did that, but I mean, I could have. I also might remember that I made up for that (laughs) at one point and sent you an actual cartridge of Super Mario Kart. You you did. Yes, you did. (laughs) All right. 
but I still can't let you live it down. So next song on the playlist. <laughs> Poor Lindy Games. <laughs> As we end our sidebars and sidebars. <laughs> um, I guess, no, not before we end sidebars, I guess that's a horrible ending to, like, I still want to lend people games because I just want Sean's games. <laughs> even though i don't play video games anymore <laughs> so. So, so that's why he told you to get the uh, disc version of the playstation <laughs> so that right. he can take all your games so when he comes and visits in like two years he can just take things with him <laughs> borrow this i promise I'll Dennis, give it back. why is this on your ebay side <laughs> i promise i'll give it back next time i see you in five years <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so the next song on the list is back to nirvana and it's territorial pissings which is in my opinion one of the best songs that nirvana ever wrote that a lot of people don't know about um i sound like the beginning of the uh, unplugged when i just said that um but uh but this song has so many great quotes in it one of those quotes is actually going to be the name of this episode i already decided but um but the way that it oh, starts guess, what's that yeah. i guess that way way before we started recording yeah, but 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 a couple of things on here. The way that it starts out with when I was an alien, cultures weren't opinions. I freaking love that line. I love that line now way more than I did 25 years ago when we or 30 years ago when this uh when this very first came out because it fits so well in today's society. But but the other couple of lines in in this song that are also just uh fantastic is never met a wise man, if so it's a woman. And then finally the one that the show is going to be named of just because you're paranoid don't mean they're not after you. And I fucking love that line because it's just it's just awesome <laughs> you knew which one i was talking well, about didn't you the, I, as soon as i heard that line uh, earlier today i was like this is what shot's naming it yes uh, yep. uh, was this one of the ones that we put on the uh uh, uh screensavers in journalism or yearbook oh probably we did Beatles songs we did yeah nirvana yeah. songs and yeah yep most likely. I also like the way it starts out with Chris singing. Uh, let me just play it. It's easier to play it than say it. And then it just goes crazy after that, which is awesome. That's, so, that's such a memorable. Yeah. yeah. And then the drums kick no. in. Now, from the notes, I, I couldn't tell. Did they catch backlash for doing that? That that opening from like the people that loved the original version of the song. I, I couldn't quite tell. That was the the sense that I was getting. Um, I, I I don't think so. Uh, well, they caught backlash on that one episode of that show that they were uh, that they were on when they were supposed to play "Smells Like Teen Spirit" or "In Bloom" or something. Yes, and they, lithium. And they, they were supposed to play lithium. Lithium. Okay. Yeah. 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 And then they just tore up the fucking set. Yeah. That was all from the Live Tonight sold out fucking VHS that came out in like 1996 or seven. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Like both that and the, uh, uh, the, uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit thing that I sent you guys. Like it was just fascinating. Well, didn't they come out with something like in the early 2000s too that was like a complete box set of like, old underground nirvana stuff too like dvds oh, oh yeah yeah uh with it, it was called with lights out it was like a uh, a cd box set that had you know dvds in, in it yeah yeah oh 
God, that's so good. Yeah. So this song, this song is basically about Kurt Cobain's um, looking into into his, uh, you know, feministic side. I didn't say that right. His feminine side. Let's let's say it an easier way, and and kind of going against the typical, as the notes say, the typical macho man type type thing. And he's kind of lashing out at people who who act like that. And it's just it's a really good song, and it's just in your face. That's that's what I kind of meant by what I was talking about earlier about how much Nirvana is in your face with songs like that to you know kind of uh you know just keep you like in it all the time and well that goes back to the whole uh you know smells like teen spirit backlash was like he was so pissed that people that he didn't want to like his music and be in his shows would actually be there you know like like jocks and 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 fucking uh frat boys and shit like that and we're going to talk about that more within bloom but like he, they were like that before they got popular. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the part that I just, it, it kind of, it, all, it always struck me as a little bit odd, like just how much they resented that, you you know, you, when you, when you create, create something like this and you throw it out in the world, you're making it accessible to people and you're not necessarily going to like mm-hmm. all of the people you make it accessible to. But I don't think you, I don't think you try to ruin it and it like, well, just despite everybody, it almost seems like he wanted to. And he said this in one of the quotes from some of the stuff that D sent us, you know, Kurt basically said, I, I want to be able to live a comfortable life and be able to do some traveling and stuff like that. But I think he would have been happy being like an underground college band that people turned out to shows where he was putting a decent wage in his pocket and not be a multimillionaire and all of that stuff, which is odd. I mean, most people want the huge success. I don't think he was really that guy and he was never shy to say it. And it did make him come across as a, as a giant asshole because of it. But yeah, there was something, there was some insecurity inside of him that just didn't want that spotlight on him for, for whatever reason. And it it ended his life. I mean, that ultimately the drug use and the, and the insecurity and the spotlight and all of that stuff led him to do what he did in 1994. I I mean, I, at least I would imagine. Security and the anxiety and Mm -hmm. all of that led to the drug use, which led to, all, yeah. all of that, you mm-hmm. know, like, uh, uh, you give somebody like that power, mm-hmm. give somebody like that fame and, and, and attention. And that's what they were doing it for. And then once they realize that that's not what they're looking at, you know, what they want, it, it's fucked up. Yeah. But they clearly already knew that before they got the fame and the attention. Because mm-hmm. I mean, this is this was their first re- major label release, and territorial territorial pissings, and in bloom is on it. Like they and in bloom was actually on the last one, so like they knew that they didn't want it, but they still signed with the major label and, and still like pushed forward. It's just it's kind of fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely, I, I, and I get what you're saying. I mean, there there's still people that are trying to do what they love playing music mm-hmm. for yeah. a living and 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 they have people giving them money to do it but i think what fuck them up and and you know like going up with everything else is is the fact that they didn't realize how much they had to play ball with yeah. what these people wanted for the money that they were giving them and and it definitely would change as you you go from small little college menus to you know huge amphitheaters and 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 you know all of a sudden that crowd doesn't look the same i, I, I get so that. 
I've read so many books about Kurt Cobain and, 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 and these bands in the 90s that, you know, like, like of course, they were giving, given everything that they wanted, but they didn't realize what they had to give have that you know mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like like yep. you, you can't be mick jagger without being you know like mick jagger like like you can't you be gotta Kirk take the whole package but then turn around and be you know well, sean newell sitting in, in his basement recording a podcast with two assholes <laughs> that, that sort of thing like you just you can't do that sort of well, you, the problem is, and, and this can be anywhere in life that you look, it doesn't have to be a rock star. Anytime that you keep moving up and you get more, you get more money or you get more responsibility, there's, there's pressure. I mean, there, there's a tremendous amount of pressure as you, as you work your way up on anything. And this is like the ultimate pressure that they were going through at that time, you know, where, where you have to, you have to produce, you have to do what you're supposed to do. Otherwise you become also ran, you know, you, you become not the, not the um, Messiah that he was starting to become for rock music at that time. Yeah. You, you can buckle under that pretty easily. It, it, it's it's fascinating mm-hmm. just fucking fascinating yeah and, and and to think about you know like like jim morrison or or, or fucking lou reed or people like that you know like uh yeah so next song on the list as we uh um move through is the one that that uh oh you put your name next to it d okay very nice under the bridge by the red hot chili peppers the so that we'll say this was your pick because none of us wanted to actually pick this song even though it's probably their biggest song that they've ever had in their lives you know it just uh as we talked about before it's everybody's heard this song a lot over the years oh my gosh yeah no this (laughs) how could you not love this song Listening to it in mm-hmm. the last week or two, did you not have such nostalgic and like fucking great feelings about it? Oh, it's a great song. I just, I just don't need to hear it anymore because I've heard it so many times. I'm not, ri- not ripping on the but song. When or... was the last time that you heard it prior to this week? I hadn't for a really long time because yeah, I don't. I yeah, choose not that's to. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Can I make I it? Can I make I still, a, I, I can honestly say also that I didn't actually listen to it on the on the playlist. It was one that I skipped every single time, so I didn't listen to it in the last couple of weeks. Did <laughs> I didn't you watch the video? Uh, uh-uh. was I supposed to? I don't need to. I uh, like. I, I remember I, the video. video. Yeah, I remember yeah, the video. Both this and give it away are just indelibly burned in my brain. I don't. I can. Uh, yeah, I knew exactly what the videos were before yeah. before watching them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will say this one, I still love this song. I still am excited every time I hear it. it it's it, it, it like that, that feeling that I was talking about with give it away because of how beautiful this song is and the ups and downs of it. I just, I always really enjoy hearing this song. And, and when you go, when this song came out for the chili peppers, it was like such a departure of what you were used to. And, and now listen to it. Now it's, it's the launching point for them to be in the rock and roll hall of fame and all that. Mm-hmm. That it's it's it, but it's such a fantastic song. Like under the bridge, you obviously talking about being impoverished and, and, and like having no other place to go than under the bridge, and just being around these people. And it's just the way it's done from this band. 
The part that's also like heart wrenching is um, in, in the notes where it talks about that he at one point felt such alienation that the city of Los Angeles was his only companion and that he didn't have anybody that was a human to uh, to, um, you know, like help him along the way or anything like that. I mean, that's some sad shit right there. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it, you know, once again, it was about another uh, girl that he would kind of pushed away for a fourth girlfriend um because with his drug use like it, it just it, and it's it's kind of you know you don't get that in the song the song really plays almost like a love song to uh los angeles more yeah. than anything and, else and that's what it's meant for yeah but yeah but like you're saying it's not it's 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 meant like you you stuck by me and and i can't believe i fucked this up and and I, you know it seemed like it was kind of when he was coming to grips with the the problems of his addiction and and trying to work on it but i also thought it was fascinating that they've tried to figure out what bridge he's talking about and they haven't been able to pinpoint it um with within la oh that's interesting <laughs> uh the next song which is yours yeah so this is my a minor bonna pick and it's uh it's in bloom which one of my favorite songs off Nevermind and it, it it actually was off their previous uh independent label um record so what was that album called bleach was it bleach? bleach was it bleach yeah i okay. don't think in bloom was on bleach it wasn't the bleach it was on the uh well they, they did a video for it with well before they were with geffen yes um, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i so it, it, I guess I guess that was an album that didn't come out that they had they had already laid the groundwork for it. But this song, I mean, the entire point of this song is is what we've been talking about with with Nirvana and their their hatred of of the people that started listening to their music. Which the song was made before those people started listening to their music. I I, I just I thought that was fascinating. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe they're like fortune He's tellers or something. Likes all our pretty songs likes to sing along and he likes to shoot his gun but he doesn't know what it means when i say yeah you know like like if that line right there doesn't define what we're doing right now in the last two years like fuck i don't get i don't get like yeah it's it's a great song. Yeah. It's 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 actually one of the more more popular songs I think that they had off of this record, much more popular than Lounge Act or Territorial Pissings. Yeah. But obviously not oh, yeah. you can't yeah, touch it, it, it can't touch smells like teen spirit, obviously. But uh but yeah, it, it was just and it was just always one of those songs that you'd hear and you'd sing along to it. And I probably didn't even understand exactly what he was getting at, you know, when we listened to Nirvana on a regular basis like that. Because you were shooting your guns? I was, you know, I've always been a big fan of guns, you know, you know me. <laughs> so i i I mean this gives me a great opportunity like this is one of the things i love about this fucking show is we're picking songs that we just dug you know fucking 20 30 years ago whenever it was and now all of a sudden we're realizing that oh shit they had deeper meaning Mm -hmm. yeah much deeper than we ever would have realized that yeah absolutely this one, this one I, I thought the meeting was always right there i mean the you remember the video for this was the what wasn't this the video was the uh ed sullivan show 
I do believe sure. you're right. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like they were always making fun of like the song was always very blatantly making fun of mm-hmm. the, the pop culture aspect of music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but going back to the uh, smells like teen spirit, which is the same album, like, like he was calling his shot basically. Oh yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but, but that's the thing is, 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 is just, I love that we sit here and we're re-examining these songs that we had no idea mm-hmm. what the fuck was going on, mm-hmm. you know, on QLZ or YMG or whenever. And here we are now yeah. you know, talking about them and, and making sense to our lives. So, so, um, last song on the list was actually not from 1991 and I'll explain why, I, why I picked it. Cause this is this, that time that we were sitting there and everybody was picking all these songs that I was planning on picking <laughs> was, was because I was trying to figure out what song to end with. And I was looking for a, you know, I could have gone with, um, for unlawful carnal knowledge and picked Runaround, which is what I was looking at, but I wanted the tie in to Chad Smith and the tie in to 1991. And I thought this song really, really, uh, played it up pretty well because it's got an ode to run around in it. And it's got Chad Smith from the chili peppers and Sammy's band at chicken foot. And so that's why I picked this song. And it's and also Eddie a pretty Vedder's good song too. Solo band. What'd you say? Chad Smith is in Eddie Vedder's solo band. I saw that. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's that's cool too. But this song is called Divine Termination. And as I told you, D, I think we were texting back and forth about it a little bit. I am almost positive after listening to this song, while he's got it wrapped in like it's a relationship song, I think this song is about his and Eddie Van Halen's relationship. And luckily, you know, we just hit the one year anniversary of Eddie's death earlier, earlier this week. And luckily they were able to make amends before... Um, before Eddie died, but I am 100% positive with the ode to run around where he says the round and round and round part in the song that he is totally singing this song to Eddie Van Halen when they made this song five years ago. Yeah, I could not agree more. Like, I can't believe that I don't remember this song. Well, you wouldn't remember it. You probably never heard it until I sent it the other day. And that's the amazing part is how good this song is considering it was never a release. It was like, it's a good song. Yeah. And you know, yeah, unfortunately you have to speculate at what it means because there's literally nothing online about it. Like Mm -hmm. there's no, it's almost like the song doesn't exist. Well, the way that this came about and I, I kind of explained this, I don't know if I explained it to both of you or just to D the other day, but, but essentially, you know, chicken foot had two albums. They came out with one in Oh nine and one in 11. And then Chad Smith got busy with the chili peppers and Sammy got busy with this. And Joe Satriani was doing this and they never really came back together to do another album, which is what they planned on doing, but they had written this song. And so in 2016, they did a, they did a two shows in Vegas. I do believe it was for charity. They got together, crowd came in, did the two shows, and they said, we're going to do this, sh- this song live because we'd never performed it before. And then they somehow recorded it after that was over, or they'd already recorded it. And they put out a best of album, which was weird after only two albums to put out a best of, but whatever. Um, and they put this song on it. So really, nobody would really know about this song, except for people that were at that live show or that bought that Greatest Hits album, because rock radio... It's doesn't so play, but, but rock so radio doesn't play artists like new songs by Sammy Hagar or Van Halen or ACDC or the Rolling Stones. They don't do that. They, they always play the old stuff. So right. the, the songs like that are, are never going to catch on now, unless somebody that's a fan actually hears it and says, wow, that's a really good song. It, it, it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. 
and, and, and like Chad Smith, it's uh, yeah, no, mm-hmm. it was so good. Like like Richie, you sent in, in a message like I can't believe this song is not popular. I think Sean just elaborated on that, but it was just. My favorite line in the song, my favorite line in the song easily is um, digging in the dirt, trying to find the hurt, you know, just uh, like they're getting down to the root of it and stuff like that. That's just such a, such a great line. And then the long before I die part, you know, that they're going to work it out and all of that stuff, which they did. So, so that's, that's good. So yeah, it's, it's a great song though. It's very heavy, much, much heavier than most Sammy songs that you normally hear, which is also, I liked it for that reason too. And I thought the video had a high production value. It's it's just concert footage in black and white, but they keep interspersing like the actual concert straight into teardown afterwards with them throwing the drums in the air. Like <laughs> I thought that was just really weird. You yeah. keep seeing guys launch drums, <laughs> but it, it like the way it's shot, it almost looks like it's a continuous shot, like just from a different angle. Like it's like still going on, like it's the concert they're playing. And then all of a sudden they throw drums in the air. Cause yeah. they're all like in the same spots on stage and stuff. So, so there was a time when they were on tour with Chad Smith because the second time they went on tour, Chad Smith couldn't do it cause he had chili peppers obligations. So they got a different drummer to go on tour with them after they made the album, but on their, on their first tour at one point, cause Chad likes to do that. He likes to kick drums around at the end of shows and stuff. He kicked a snare drum and kicked it so hard that he hit Sammy in the back of the head with it and dropped him on the stage. <laughs> it was, it was not good. There's a video of it somewhere <laughs> if you ever want to look it up. So so yeah, and speaking of Sammy, I watched his annual birthday bash last night. It was from uh, from Catalina Island, and uh, D, I tried to get you a free pass to it. I even posted on Instagram, which I never do, trying to tag Sammy to give you a free pass to it yesterday, and it didn't work. Um, but uh, it was a great show. It lasted about two hours, um, which is you know pretty good. But I'll tell you what, he'd played three nights in a row, and this was the third night. A seventy-four-year-old's voice does not hold up very well after three nights in a row. He got about midway through that. Show and it was shot, and he did everything he could to keep going and keep singing, and he did, and he still sounded okay. But boy, it got pretty rough there towards the end. I, I applaud him for for keeping going, but uh, three nights in a row, I, I think that's hard for any artist, much less being seventy four years old. But wow, and and after having not done it for two years, you know, I mean, yeah. I think that's a big piece of it too. That you know, like the calluses won't still be there. He, mm-hmm. he will. Like, it's going to be tough for a lot of these people to come back. Yeah. I was watching it though, and they did they did eight Van Halen songs last night, which was a ton for them normally to to do that many uh, songs and and I th- and I thought you were watching it, D, because you had said you were probably going to, but you didn't obviously. But uh, but um, at one point he he fi- he sang uh, "Finish What You Started," and I was like, oh, Dio really liked that he's singing this song because I know how much you uh, you always liked that song anytime you'd see it in concert. And he followed it up with "Moss Tequila," and I was like, if D's watching, he got really happy and then really sad. <laughs> <laughs> which was kind of funny so so anyway 74 years old mm-hmm. 74 years old are you fucking kidding me nope you can still sing pretty well for being 74 years old too so Jesus. age christ yeah. yeah yeah i mean the rolling stones just played uh st louis the other day and yeah and mick jagger's older than that and i heard he sounded great at that show from the reviews that i saw yep the, yeah the reviews were great um they 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 had they apparently had a quite a time they, they went to city museum even um so they had they had a fun uh fun visit to st louis it sounds like oh that's cool yeah 
Very nice. So, um, you had the struts play, uh, earlier this week down in St. Louis. Uh, that was something, if it wouldn't have been on Elliot's birthday and in the middle of the week, I totally would have been like, let's go see the struts because they're awesome to see live. But, um, but yeah, it is, it is fun to see all these concerts popping up everywhere. So hopefully something will come to Peoria at some point because we have, we still have a lack of music here in the, here in uh, this area, at least for right now. And, And I will say, D, I know you've been hesitant to go to concerts, they're fantastic right now. Like just everyone has that pent up. I haven't been able to do this in so long. And the bands, I like, like it just, the vibe is different for concerts. Um, I, I've been watching all of it on YouTube and all that shit. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's me nervous. But it's I'm good. I'm so happy that it's happening again. Yeah. Live music is good right now because they're so, they're so excited to be uh, there. Yeah, like Richie so said. Needed. It's so neat. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so what's next on our, we're going to do a regular playlist next week. I've got some songs cause, uh, cause I, I feel like you've been challenged a little bit D, um, in your, in your sadness, uh, your songs of sadness. Um, uh, we got, uh, contacted recently by a couple of old friends, Laura and Jennifer and Jennifer sent uh, D a request, um, for us to put on the show that might be the saddest song that has ever been yeah. in the history of Sean and D's good tape. And D of course, never one to back down from a challenge, of course, sent me a song right after that and said, I think I can find a sadder song than that one. So, uh, cause you know, D has his, uh, you know, all of his favorite songs are slow and sad. And, uh, I, uh, I think that you're uh, up for the challenge of getting a sadder song, right? D. Oh, fuck yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so, so, a normal normal playlist yes and and we have a pearl jam request oh can you give us a little hint what's the what's the song parachutes parachutes oh okay okay your internet sucks i couldn't hear you (laughs) (laughs) so i actually have already got a couple of songs picked out too to counteract your sadness (laughs) so something that'll liven up the playlist a little bit so um a little weezer i got a little weezer and a strut song that i've already got kind of uh kind of in my back pocket for the for the next song or for the next list so it'll be good i'll come up with some crap you heard the uh yeah the song yes yeah yeah, yeah you yeah, sent it out uh, oh i've got to read homer's text message i forgot i told him i'd read it he he told me you I have had to. to well he oh, told me i had to legally, so we have to yeah let me find it hold on a second i might need to pause for a second Itchy, scratchy and burns his, his, <laughs> his freaking lawyers good lord so he's texted me so much over the last couple of weeks because Richie gave him the, my freaking phone number. Thanks Holy again, Richie. Okay. So hold on a second, Homer. You're listening to this, so let me get, get this out there. Uh, I'm in fucking Japan. So when you send text messages, like it uses up my data. <laughs> so when you and Richie are getting in your fucking pissing match, like, yeah, it just ruins my entire day <laughs> <laughs> i think oh, that's man. not true oh man so okay here's um 
Here's the text message that I got from Homer um, a couple of weeks ago. He said, I'd like you to know my legal team and I have listened to every second of your podcast. And that is why we're suing for defamation of character and the rapid decline of my mentality from listening to your podcast. My new best friend, Jen from France, will be my character witness. So next year, when you three are doing your podcast from jail with your new co-hosts, Billy Bob and Bubba, you'll be doing songs like My Broken Heart and Face Because I Told On You, My Achy Breaky... <laughs> I can't even say that. Forget it. I'm skipping that part. Um, uh, your old fans and millions more will be listening to the new <laughs> podcast, Homer and Jen from France. World Wind Wonders with Class with Sammy Haggard. Who the hell is Sammy Haggard is what I would like to know. Is that Merle Haggard's brother? <laughs> it's, no, it's, it's, it's Sammy Hagar and Merle Haggard's love shot. <laughs> so anyway, um, let me see. It went on. And uh, uh, yeah, it just went on. I don't even know what else to say about it other than that. And you said he already mentioned what his legal team was. So. So anyway, yes, I couldn't read all your prison references, Homer, because they were gross. So, uh, so anyway. <laughs> do better. <laughs> so uh, take that for Jen, what you will. Apparently we have pending litigation. So Richie, uh, do you know a good lawyer? Jen, Jen, I just want to warn you that you, know, you may not want to align yourself with Homer, but, hmm. but you do you. Yeah. Jen, by the way, could you uh, could you send me and Richie your phone number so we could pass it along? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Uh, anyway, on that note, could you imagine Homer getting on Instagram? On Instagram? No. <laughs> no. That would be amazing. Oh, would it? Oh, would it? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Is D, is D still on this call? I, I am. I am, but I don't want to be. Take me off. <laughs> I just loved it. I just love it when he says, "Well, you know, those messages were from last night. Are they still going to be there this morning? Like they disappear randomly or something like that?" Oh my God, Homer, you're a treasure. You're a national treasure. Just know that we love you, even though we make fun of you a lot. <laughs> and you know that in about, let's see, it's nine o'clock on Sunday morning. I'll probably, after I edit out all the bad crap that we said in this episode, I'll probably get it posted <laughs> in about an hour or so. And you know, by about noon, the text messages are going to start. So just be prepared, D. So oh, yeah. yeah, for your, for your data suck this time. I'm so. on Wi-Fi right now. So oh, okay. But, okay. Uh, but I'm sure it's lovely was, to hear your phone ding overnight all the time. <laughs> Good Lord. Anyway, anything else, gentlemen? Not for me. D gave me a thumbs up, so I guess we're done. So on that note, this has been another outstanding edition of Sean and D's Good Tape. We'll be back here in a couple of weeks with more. But until then, we'll see you later. I want you to know it's over. Well, bye. Oh, my.